With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Lots of action for one and all. Action figures over seven inches tall. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Tuesday. You're listening to episode number 1,648, Tuesday edition. You could be listening in the morning, the midday, the late at night, or even the afternoon. Right next to me is... Mommy, I got one name. Get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. That is so true. And next to me is the hero of this story. She's the hero, and she's a little... That is Kimmy. Welcome to a Tuesday edition, Kimmy. Well, thank you very much. Now, I notice in your hands you're counting off the days there. It's to the weekend, right? That's, you're already doing that, aren't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's Kimmy. That's the way she is. All right. Uh, well, Kimmy is here, as I am, to offer escapism. That's what we do with every single episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. We offer pop culture escapism. Brand new episode every single day. Tell your friends you found something a little bit different to listen to, something different that you can't find on terrestrial radio, you know, the old traditional stuff. And educate maybe some older potential listeners that, yeah, you can listen to things that are radio-oriented that aren't necessarily coming from that AM-FM. And by the way, if you like the Riley and Kimmy show on your AM or FM radio station... Please suggest us to the programming department, right, Kimmy? That's right. You can find links to us on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. You can, uh, you know, give us a shout-out to them. Just connect them to our website, RileyandKimmy.com. Recently, oh, a few days ago, we uh, highlighted some conventions that we want to spotlight that have done a very good job over the course of time with the Riley and Kimmy Show. We have, we have been at and been part of and been thankful for being part of, and some of those we will be part of in 2018. Now, the reason we did this is we get contacted all the time from people who are coming to Florida to vacation, and they want to know this pop culture event or something like that. There are so many here in the state of Florida. We are fortunate with the weather to have year-round events. There are over 110 pop culture-oriented events, and it's way above that if you include those that happen at comic book stores and libraries and things like that. It's way over that. It's impossible for us to attend all of those. Check out our website at RileyandKimmy.com, also our Facebook page for a well, a little spotlight, a little thank you. And later on this week, uh, we're going to just each day highlight some from those lists, and go beyond those that we mentioned in the posting. We're going to explain why X, Y, and Z is on that list. Because actually, every single one of those that we highlighted are different. They're not clones of each other, and they're not trying to be each other, and they're definitely 
not fighting with each other, which is a very important thing when it comes to the behind the scenes of conventions and pop culture events. So join us a little bit later on this week for other uh, podcasts. And it's not going to be the entire podcast, just a little, you know, a little salute, if you will, and why that convention, that pop culture show ranks so high for the Riley and Kim show. Why we've gave them a big salute, right? Mm-hmm. And you can find the list that, uh, we published over, I believe it was the weekend we did that. Kimmy, I think it was uh, last Saturday we did that. You can find that on our Facebook page, also our website, also on our website, Celebrity Interviews, and the platforms to take us anywhere on planet Earth so you can listen at work, so you can listen in the car, you can listen in the pickup truck, you can listen anywhere on the boat, anywhere on planet Earth. Hey, by the way, even in space. I, I think you probably could. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud, archived episodes all the way back to the beginning on our website, along with our social media links, the best way to communicate with us and to find out where the Riley and Kimmy show will be next and also chances to win. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, and more. You can find all those links and celebrity interviews on our website. What's our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy show at RileyandKimmy.com Culture Escapism, The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play again? That is a big question, Kimmy, on this uh, maybe two for Tuesday. Who knows? Maybe we'll ask you two questions. If you would like to go back in time and play pop culture trivia, what say you, Kimmy? Oh, yeah. Now, the timeline, it may or may not be running in order, meaning it may or may not be chronological, you know, one year following each other. We sometimes mix things up to... Well, make it a challenge for Kimmy because she is Brainiac. Yeah, she is Brainiac. She's green and she's from the planet Krypton. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding about that part. She is green, though. Anyhow, you can help her out with answers. She believes in time travel answers, so whisper to, or if you can, yell at whatever computing device you have the Riley and Kimmy show playing on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. We are the Riley and Kimmy Show. First question goes back to 1923, Kimmy. This magician, this illusionist, while suspended upside down, 40 feet above the ground, in front of the public, escapes from a straight jacket. Who does it? Houdini. That's correct. Harry Houdini, 1923. The year is 1954. This song is released, Kimmy. It would become a huge hit. Identify the song. Please give us a title. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. Can you tell me the title, Kimmy? Rock Around the Clock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. What is that right song? who had that as a hit. Bill Haley and the Comets. You're right, Kimmy. The title, by the way, you were correct because there are multiple titles. The original title, which nobody really knows, was We're Gonna Rock Around the Clock Tonight. Then they shortened it to Rock Around the Clock. Okay. Well, actually, they shortened it We're Gonna Rock Around the Clock. Then 
It was released on 45 as Rock Around the Clock. Okay. Little uh, Bill Haley and the Commas trivia for you right. on this this Tuesday. See, that's come multiple things, two for Tuesday. Thank yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, okay. 1955, this TV show airs for the last time on NBC. Kimmy, have you ever seen Mr. Peepers? No. You've never met anybody that watched Mr. Peepers. I don't think so. Well, let's see if you can tell us who the star of Mr. Peepers was. Here's your clue. Hi, Nancy. This airmail special delivery letter came to you in the office this morning. Oh. I signed for it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. What's from Bird? No, I couldn't help noticing. Isn't that the ornithological magazine you've written for? Yes. Uh, would you mind if I open it immediately? Oh, no, of course not. Because I feel as long as they took the... Went to the trouble to send it airmail, and on top of that special delivery, I should open it as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The Bird Editorial Board has voted me an award for my article, A Sparrow Speaks His Mind. Oh. They're giving me a bronze bird. Oh, this, is, this magazine is not very well known, but this is a tremendous thing to me. Oh, sure. They only give out one of these birds a year, and they always give them to some great bird writer like mm-hmm. Jacob W. Talbot. He won once with his article, wonderful article, Angry Beak, and then uh, again with his masterpiece, It's No Cinch to Be a Finch. He won the bird, Kimmy. Mm. I get the bird a lot. Yeah. yeah. I, I do. Can you tell me who start as Mr. Peepers? Wally Cox. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. Time again for the Underdog Yes, show. and he would go on to be... Underdog. Uh huh. And what was Underdog's secret identity? Shoeshine Boy. One of the city's most humble and lovable characters was Shoeshine Boy. All finished, sir. Thanks, Shoeshine Boy. You're humble and lovable. Bless you, sir. Little did anyone know that whenever there was a call for help, help! 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 Shoeshine Boy became in real life. Underdog. Kimmy's favorite superhero of all time, I think. Um, He's up there. He's right up there, isn't he? Sure. Kimmy has actually said to me, I want to cosplay as underdog. I have. Well, sure. Yeah, you have. Yes, you have, Kimmy, as we do a Jedi mind trick here. You want to cosplay as underdog. <laughs> you want to cosplay as underdog at our... Next appearance of the Riley and Kimmy show. I've never seen anybody do that before. Well, that would you, be interesting. You could be the first, Kimmy. Hmm. I think it'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Kimmy is underdog, and I can do the gender bender thing as a uh, sweet Polly. <laughs> or I could be Simon Bar Sinister. Ooh. Smell my flower. Or Cad. No. <laughs> You're saying I'm the stupid one. How dare you well, do that? Cat is tall. Cat. Well, so what? Cat's cat's this cat's kind of challenged there, Kimmy. Let's move to another section of trivia as we're done with Wally Cox. And by the way, if you want to start an interesting conversation today or tonight or in the future, walk up to somebody who might be a little bit older and say, "Hey, did you like Mr. Peepers? Did you watch Mr. Peepers? That ought to start some conversation, shouldn't it?" Hmm. I doubt that would at least <laughs> launch today by that name, right? Right. Okay, moving to a different section of trivia. It's motion picture time. A movie was released 1963. Kimmy, I want to know who 
the two principal actors are, the two big stars of this film. And bonus points if you can actually tell us the name of the film. But I think their voices are so strong, you'll be able to say, hey, I know who that is. Here is your clue, and I'll give you a bonus clue. They became romantically involved in the real world because of this movie. Outside, all of you. Her Majesty and I will speak in private. Out! Before I chop you up and feed you to my horses. That's how Romans frighten little girls. They like to frighten little girls. Wait outside. I married Octavia at her brother's insistence before all Rome as a gesture of good faith, a guarantee of peace, a bargain sealed. With a kiss? Or did you simply shake hands on your wedding night? The people of Rome were celebrating the marriage, were rejoicing in it even before I arrived. How could I refuse? By saying no, as you have said no to all my demands. But then impossible, unreasonable. The kind of conditions one lays down for a helpless enemy. You're not helpless yet. I cannot see to you the territories you want. It would lead to an open break between Rome and me. Why do you think I asked for them? It would be playing into Octavian's hands what he hopes for. It will not be wise. Kimmy, can you tell us that classic film? Cleopatra. Yes, released on this date, 1963. Who are the two principal stars? Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor. That's correct. Moving to 1967, it is the fifth James Bond movie. You Only Live Twice is released, Kimmy. Tell me who plays James Bond. Now, you're going to need some very close uh, protection tonight in Tokyo because, uh, well, that's when they'll try and get at you. You'll need the best man we've got. And uh, who do you suggest? Well, me. Who are you working for? Empire Chemicals, you know that. Do all their people carry guns? When they're abroad, yes. And why were you snooping around the docks? I like ships, and I used to be a sailor. You are a liar. Now, what's a nice girl like you doing in a place like this? I have a confession to make. What? Actually, I'm a spy. Can you tell me who's playing that spy? Sean Connery. That's right. Have you ever seen You Only Live Twice? No. So, just by the voice, right? Uh-huh. The year is 1972. This duo releases an album, Kimmy, called Sometime in New York City. Here is a single from that album. Tell me who the recording duo is. Man with the guitar in his hand, Can you tell me who released an album on this date, 1972, Kimmy? John and Yoko? That's correct. John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Moving to 1981, it's movie release time. Kimmy, this movie opens in the United States. Tell us the name of the film. We have the trailer. Well, it's been edited. The name or reference to the name has been removed. Listen carefully. Keep in mind, the year is 1981. The Bible speaks of leveling mountains and laying waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what it is? It's a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An army which carries for it is invincible. It is their attorneys. Then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. 
It is protected by forces beyond imagination. It is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good, trust me, and those who are evil. I tell you everything. Yes, I know you will. No time. You still want it? It has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Don't look at it. Shut your eyes, Mary, and don't look at it no matter what happens. Remember, don't look at it. Kimmy, can you tell me the name of that movie? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Correct, 1981. The year is 1987. This person says this as a challenge. Tell me, who speaks these words, 1987? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Can you tell me who that is? Ronald Reagan. That's right. The year is 1989. A TV show makes a premiere, Kimmy. The TV show is called... I was feeling so bad. I smiled my dog, which is what I had. I said, Doctor, Mr. Indy, can you tell me what's ailing me? Jimmy, are you familiar with Doctor Doctor? No, I'm not. Well, it started in 1989 on this date, ran for three seasons, a total of only 40 episodes. Here is your clue. Tell us who played the doctor of Dr. Doctor. Who was the star? Listen carefully to this person's voice. There we go. That should do it. How long did you say you've had this? Thursday will be two weeks, Dr. Stratford. Ah! Amy, up again. Ah! Hop on your left foot, put your hands in the air. And inhale constantly. How's it going? Not bad. <laughs> bad. Amy, can you come over here, please? Oh, Amy, I'm sorry. I thought if I scared you, it'd cure the... <laughs> I don't know why I should look good. I've got patients circling the waiting room. My novel's due out in about 10 minutes. So I feel like I'm in the middle of that TV show where that guy remodels your house whether you want it or not. <laughs> oh, are you going to yell at me again? Can you tell me who is the star? Is that Max Headroom? This is Max 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 Headroom, can you tell me who it is? I can. It's Matt Frewer and Matt Frewer. Yeah, Doctor Doctor, 1989. The year is 1990. This person's self-titled debut album's released. Here's a number one single from that album. Tell me who it is. is it, Kimmy? Mariah Carey. That's correct. The year is 1994. This entertainer suffers a stroke from which he never truly recovers from. He would die November 18th of 1994. Identify who it is. Folks, now here's a story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a red-hot hoochie-coocher. She was the roughest, toughest rail. But Minnie had a heart as big as a hay whale. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, howdy, ho. Can you identify who it is, Kimmy? 
Cab Calloway. Correct. The year's 1997. This film premieres in Los Angeles, California. It's part of a franchise. Kimmy, it actually would wrap up a, well, a run for this franchise and be a number of years before it would reboot. Tell us the name of this film exactly. We need the title right, and we need to know some of the people who starred in it. Here's your clue. My name is Freeze. Learn it well. Voice the chilling sound of your doom. This is the way the world could end. With Venom, I probably should have mentioned this. I'm Poison. Poison Ivy. And the only man who can stop them. I freeze. Watch his beloved Gotham perish. Fund love, boys. There's a storm coming. Kill the heroes! This is the hockey team from hell! All right, everyone, chill. Julian of the marrying kind. I know you've had your wild nights. Good night. Wild doesn't, doesn't quite cover it. I want a car. Chicks dig the car. This is why Superman works alone. So many people to kill. So little time. And you are? Batgirl. That's not awfully PC. What about that person? Found the Batcave. She knows who we are. Guess we just have to kill her. They killed the franchise is what they did with that movie. <laughs> Even the lead, the, the big star, said that was a mistake, that movie. He talks about it publicly. It was He's, he's not a fan of the movie. Can you tell me the name, the title, the exact title? Batman and Robin. That's correct. Who played Batman? George. What's his name? George Clooney. Yes. And who played Mr. Freeze? Arnold Schwarzenegger. And Poison Ivy. Uma Thurman. I'm not even going to ask you who played Robin. Chris McDonald? No, see, that's why I didn't ask you that. You should even say that it's Chris O'Donnell. O'Donnell. And who played Batgirl? Alicia Silverstone. And Kimmy's on a roll here. Who directed this monstrosity? And I can say that because... Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yes, because George Clooney has bashed this film. <laughs> he has. I mean, he bashes it from the suit to... You know, the whole it's it's funny listening to him or watching him talk about what they had to do to prop him up in the suit because the suit was just monstrous in weight. It, it, it is actually worth watching. You can find that stream. The year is 1999, Kimmy, and it is Celebrity Famous Wedding Time. Actor and film director David Arquette marries a television actress at the time. Can you tell me who he marries? Patricia Arquette? No. No, that would be his sister, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, he married okay. somebody known for this TV show. No one told you life was gonna be this way. What TV show? Courtney Cox. Oh, yeah, you didn't identify the TV oh, show. Friends. Uh, you're correct, by the way, Kimmy. He didn't marry his sister. This wasn't Hillbilly <laughs> Wedding. That's a that's a new series that's going to be debuting soon. Hillbilly Wedding. All right, the year is 2007. This film makes its premiere. It is the launch of a franchise, Kimmy. Tell us the name of the movie. Here is your clue. But I've seen goodness in them. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. You all know there's only one way to end this war. We must destroy the cube. If all else fails, I will unite it with the spark in my chest. That's suicide. The cube is raw power. It could destroy you both. 
unnecessary sacrifice to bring peace to this planet. We cannot let the humans pay for our mistakes. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out! Can you tell me the title? Transformers. That's correct, and that was Peter Cullen doing most of the voices right there uh, of Optimus Prime. One of the best voice talents, in my opinion, of all time. Still does conventions. If you get a chance to meet Mr. Cullen or attend his panels, I highly recommend that. 2008, this group releases their fourth studio album. They win three Grammys because of this album. Here is a single from that album. It hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me the band. Can you identify the band? Coldplay. That's right. Moving to another section of trivia. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date in history. He was born 1916. He was a television and film producer. He created some TV shows. He was nicknamed the Master of Disaster because of the movies he did. The Poseidon Adventure was his in 1972. The Towering Inferno in 1974. Also created and produced... The TV series Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, Lost in Space, The Time Tunnel, and Land of the Giants. Can you give me his name? They used to have his name on, you know, like those disaster things. They would say blank. Irwin Allen? Yeah, Irwin Allen. You you got it. Born 1916. Or did somebody shout that out to you? Uh, I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay. Next individual, Kimmy. Listen carefully. This was a moment from history. This is a very famous quote from this person and tell us how old this person is today you have a plus or minus of two years here's your clue my opponent won't rule out raising taxes but i will and the congress will push me to raise taxes and i'll say no and they'll push and i'll say no and they'll push again and i'll say to them read my lips Can you tell me who that is? George Bush. Correct. How old is George Bush, the father, today? 93. He is 94. Next individual known for this TV show, Kimmy. Identify the TV theme. He was part of that TV show from 1964 to 1969. What is the TV show? Gomer Pyle. Correct. Tell me who was born on this date in 1930. Now, tell you how Floyd the barber back home used to cut my hair. What he done was he'd leave it a little long in the back. Then he'd cut off the sideburns here about, oh, say, even with the ear hole. Then he'd trim a little bit off the top and rub in some pomade and part it on the side and make a little rabbit ridge up here in front. Then he'd comb it wet. Okay? <laughs> well, it ain't exactly like Floyd the barber back home would have done it, but after all, it's just your first time. That is the opening to the first episode of Gomer Pyle when he, uh, you know, gets his hair cut. Can you tell me who that is? Jim Neighbors. Correct. Passed away 2017 at the age of 87. Have you ever seen him in the uh, Saturday morning kids show, Kimmy, The Lost Saucer? No. That 
was very brief. 1976, they ran it, though, for many years. Only 16 episodes. He played an alien with Ruth Buzzy, and their saucer is lost. Uh, wow. it, was, it was an ABC thing, and uh, I mistakenly hit it for just a few moments, like, you know, spaceship, you know, sci-fi, and like, yeah, what is this? And and abandoned it. And I've tried to watch it. There are episodes available stream. You can check it out. And by the way, speaking of Saturday kid shows, check out the cartoon live action grid we have available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. And you can find out what actually ran against the Lost Saucer in 1976. Kimmy, the next person celebrating a birthday. Once you identify him, tell us how old he is within five years. He was the original drummer for this band. Who is it? Keep in mind, drummer. Kimmy, what is the name of the band? Cheap Trick. And who is the original drummer? Bun E. Carlos. Yes, how old is Bun E. today within five years? Um, 70. Bunny, celebrating number 68 today, and not really a fair question for Kimmy because Bunny is from her hometown area. Did you ever meet him at the Piggly Wiggly or nope. the grocery store? No. Oh, didn't share baloney or anything? You know, little samples, what they Mm-mm. had? Nope. Never met money. Nope. All right. Moving to the next person celebrating his 65th birthday. Singer, best known for a 1980 single, Kimmy. This song peaked number eight on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me, who's having a birthday? Is it Kimmy? Who's having a birthday? I didn't know. That's Rocky Burnett celebrating number sixty-five. His father was a big uh, rock pop star of the early sixties. Had your sixteen. The song was done by uh, Ringo Starr. Ringo covered his dad's Rocky Burnett's dad's song. And by the way, son and dad tied on the Billboard Hot One Hundred for the highest charts because his dad hit number eight with your sixteen, and he hit number eight on the Billboard Hot One Hundred with. Tired of towing the line. Moving to the next birthday, this person celebrating his 61st birthday. He starred on this TV show. Identify it if you can. Can you identify this TV show? 30 something? That's impossible. That is impossible. How did you know that? I don't know. This person celebrating his 61st birthday, he played Elliot on 30-something. Well, that actually, most of that take right there was the first one. That that was, it was, uh, uh, the wider shot was in, in, most of that scene played in the first, in the first take. The, we did about 18 takes of that. Can you tell me who played Elliot? Mm, no. That is Timothy Busfield celebrating a birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people who passed away on this date in history. 1980, this person dies from a heart attack at the age of 75. He's one of those actors that looked a lot older than what he was. Known for being on this TV series, Identifieth.
can you identify the Western he is known for? Gunsmoke? That's correct, Kimmy. He played the Doc on Gunsmoke, Doc Adams, who passed away on this date. Hey, God, there's going to be a revolution. Right here in this country. That's what it says here, this editor, and I agree with him. Unless they do something to get rid of that man in the White House, well, he tricked me. Just like he did a lot of other folks. He hadn't done anything, he promised. Nothing. You know, you haven't got the faintest idea of what I'm talking about. What you ought to do, instead of sleeping half the day and carousing around most of the night like you do, why, you ought to read a little and keep yourself informed like I do. Sounds like uh, that latter part he's talking about Kimmy there. Kimmy, can you tell me who played Doc Adams on Gunsmoke? I cannot. That's Milburn Stone, and, you know, his name flashed across the screen. I guess you probably never I, watched. I never watched Now, that Gunsmoke. surprises me because you had older parents like I did, and uh-huh. I, I would have thought they would have just been glued to CBS and Gunsmoke. Hmm. Because, you know, it has its roots to the golden age of radio and then started in the 50s on TV. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. The year is 2003. This American actor dies at the age of 87. Identify who he is. Ah, uh, wait a minute. I just learned a single trick, Scout. We get along a lot better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you consider things from his point of view. Sir? Till you climb inside of his skin, walk around in it. But if I keep going to school, we can't ever read anymore. Can you tell me who it is? Gregory Peck. Yes. From what movie was that clip from? To Kill a Mockingbird. Correct. Atticus Finch is what Mm -hmm. he's known for from that film. The year is 2016. You will not know who this person is, Kimmy. American radio and television voice actress passes away. Her name, Janet Waldo. See if you can identify the TV cartoon she's known for. Jet Screamer has a contest. If your song wins, you get to go out with him on a real date. I can't lose, Dad. Oh, imagine! Skyrocker in person! I can't wait to meet him! Can you tell me the TV cartoon she's known for? The Jetsons? Yeah, she voiced Judy Jetson, and she also voiced this cartoon character. Uh, I am. I'm gonna shake my little old boots off. What? I've made a little old diving board. Right. And saved the fellas as well. Can you tell me that cartoon, Kimmy? Is that Penelope Pitstop? That's Penelope Pitstop. She was the voice of Penelope Pitstop. Janet Waldo passed away on this date, 2016, at the age of 97. Kimmy, the judges say you did a fantastic job today. Oh, thank you. And we have something special we're going to focus on. We talked about on trivia with the Golden Age of Radio. It's an old-time radio spotlight. just moments ago that actor Gregory Peck died on this date at the age of 87, 2003 is when he passed. He was no stranger to the Golden Age of Radio. We have a 1949 Golden Age of Radio production he starred in, and it's titled Nightmare. The plot of Nightmare, it's a story about a father who is seeking revenge on a hit-and-run driver who killed his son on a mountain road. That is Nightmare. Now, once you finish with Nightmare and you enjoy that, please visit our website. We have a tribute to Janet Waldo. Yes, the voice of 
Judy Jetson, and Penelope Pitstop. She was no stranger to the world of old-time radio. We have an old-time radio show she starred in called Meet Corliss Archer. We have the episodes Ideal Babysitter from 1946, followed by Sweetheart of the Year from 1947. She does commercials. We, we've kept the commercials in there. She does Campbell Soup's commercials. It's really cool. It's truly ear candy. And you hear this cartoon voice, a master already in the 40s. And that's where a lot of cartoon voices came from for Hanna-Barbera was from the golden age of radio. Check that out. That's Janet Waldo on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Right now, our tribute to Gregory Peck. This is Nightmare from 1949 on the Riley and Kimmy Show. They say every nightmare has a prelude. Something that inspires it, something that happened or almost happened that your inmost mind seizes upon. It lives there in the back of your head and it multiplies itself and fattens on tiny fears until it's grown into a monstrous bloated horror. And then when it's full-sized with dread, it springs out at us from evil blackness at night when you're defenseless in sleep. The prelude to my nightmare occurred at six o'clock that evening, the third of July. Since Elsa's illness, I'd been walking home from the station evenings instead of having her meet me. It's a pleasant six or seven blocks along Hartsdale Road and then up the hill to Ridgecrest. Just at the corner there, the kids play baseball. The signs say slow children and everything, but it's a nasty spot, and coming down the hill, a guy might... Look out! Look out! Hey, you, what's the matter with you? Don't you know that you could... I didn't see him, brother. They got no right to play him. Have you been drinking? Oh, me? No, because if you had, I'd pull you out of that car so fast and take you it's over to the police. All right, brother. Calm down. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's hurt. Just a little scared. I was still trembling when I got home. My head ached and I couldn't eat dinner. It wasn't something I could tell Elsa about. She wasn't ready yet to hear things like that. So I just sat there at the table, looking across at Stevie, half hearing his prattle about the new fishing rod and how many fish he'd catch on our outing tomorrow and some little story he'd learned in school about Thomas Jefferson and the first Fourth of July. And then pretty early, I took a pill and went to bed. It was the next afternoon. We were driving along, my wife, my boy, and myself. You know that winding road that leads up from Kingston to Falls Town in the trout country? A lot of hairpin turns and a few bad shoulders, but beautiful, beautiful scenery. And that's what we all needed after her nervous breakdown. A little slow around the turns, Ben. Why do you drive so fast? You're never driving too fast as long as you feel the car's under control. Bet it wasn't under control a minute ago. What a curve. Ben, the gas tank's almost empty. Why didn't you listen to me and fill up at the last station? Well, there's always a reserve after the empty mark. <laughs> Bet we run out of gas. Well, it seems to me, youngster, that when I tell you that... What's wrong? Why are we stopping? Oh, uh, that's what I'd like to know. <laughs> you know, Dad, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Out of gas. Oh, Ben. 
Will you ever learn? Well, everybody runs out of gas once in a while. Okay, well, it's a nice day for me to take a hike. But, Ben, is it all right to be parked like this? On the curb, so close to the road? Well, why not? Where's the traffic? Only adventurers like us know about this road. Well, goodbye, folks. Oh, goodbye, Mr. Know-it-all. I'll go with you, Dad. Oh, you'll stay here. Rule of the woods. Always leave one man behind to protect the women. Oh, can I take out my rod? Can I practice how to cast? Sure. And you, lady, you wipe off that smile. <laughs> With my feet, this is a first-class tragedy. Well, it's a smart thing you did coming back this way. Nothing up ahead for five miles but the royal coachman. Uh, what do you mean? It's the name of a trout fly. <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> it's the name of a roadhouse. Fancy name for a saloon. <laughs> Hangout for fishermen. Uh, they say. Oh? Oh, what do you say? Don't go there, crookedest looking bunch you ever seen. Crooks for the big town. You go to my nephew, Sammy's place in town. Sammy Crawford. Clean sheets, good beds, home cooking. <laughs> good undertaker, too. Called himself a mortician. <laughs> well, what do they need him for, the fish? Yeah, alive or dead. He puts you to bed. <laughs> well, want anything else? How's your oil? Oh, uh, just the gas, thanks. Are we all straight? Yep. Oh, oh, oh. One dollar deposit on the can. Give it to my nephew, Sammy, and let him take the dollar off your bill. Oh, well, we may not see Sammy. We'd like to pitch camp tonight. Mm, got a place? No. Uh... Oh, that's bad. Gets dark mighty quick up this way. You sleep at Sammy's, mister. Better make a reservation. Trout season. Well, maybe you're right. You got a telephone in there? Sure have. Fifteen cents. Oh, this is going to be expensive fishing. Oh, what's nephew Sammy's number? It's right here on the wall, over the phone. Oh, say, look at that fellow coming down the pike there. Eighty miles. Bound for the roadhouse. Can't wait. Say, there are two dozen numbers over this phone. Uh, pick the biggest one. The one in red. Hey. Oh, look at him go, would you? Come on, you crazy fool, you. You're going to save five minutes if you have to kill five people to do it. Will you try to straighten out some of them bins up ahead? <laughs> you crazy fool. Pine trees were casting their last, longest shadows across the road as I hiked back to the car. Well, we weren't going to get too much fishing done on the 4th of July. But we had to find some for Stevie. What a kid. Teasing his old man all the time. Then I came around that hairpin turn, and there was the car a few yards away. But no family. Uh, Elsa? Hey, Stevie! No family. Oh. Well, Stevie was asleep and she didn't want to call out. That's right. The kid was tired. A lot of excitement for one day. I stepped on something. Stevie's trout rod. Lying in the middle of the road. These kids have no sense of responsibility. A split bamboo rod with silk winding and a balance that was so perfect. Well, I stepped up to the car... Elsa sat in the back seat looking at me. And in her lap she held my boy. Dead. Elsa couldn't speak. She couldn't speak. She couldn't speak. I forced some brandy between her teeth and... Made her swallow it. Her hands were like ice. I wanted to rub them, but I, 
couldn't pry them loose from the boy. No! No! I see him. No! You want to make sure. I know. You want to make sure. Get away! Oh, get away! Elsa, how did it happen? I... His trout rod. Always his trout rod. He was standing at the edge there, casting. He wasn't on the road. He wasn't. And then there was a noise, a car coming up fast. You could tell. And before he could move, it came around the bend but, and it swerved. Elsa, what? There was so much dust. So much dust and pebbles everywhere. Such a thick cloud of dust. And Stevie flying out of it. Elsa. Like a ball or a bird. Flying out of it. Uh, Elsa... Take some more brandy. It'll do you good. No! No, I don't want any. Get away! Elsa, you've got to take some more brandy. Elsa! That's how he looked. Standing in the road with the bottle in his hand. Who was standing in the road? The man. The man who killed us. He, he came back? He got out of his car and he came over to where I lay in the road with Stevie. He had a bottle and he took a drink and he offered me a drink and he said he was sorry. And then he drove away. <laughs> He said he would die. <laughs> sorry. Elsa. Sorry, Elsa, sorry. darling, Elsa, don't, don't, Elsa. Poor little Steve. Poor sweet little Steve. Poor, poor Steve. And then it began to grow in me. And then the hate began to grow. She couldn't remember his car or the clothes he wore, and I couldn't make her describe his face. But I knew that somehow I'd find him. He couldn't be very far off, not in this part of the country. I'd find him. And when I did, I'd kill him. I plunged the car back into darkness toward the roadhouse. The killer, the dirty, dirty killer. There was so much dust. Dust and pebbles and Stevie flying out of it. Like a bird. Yes. Like a bird. Yes, Elsa. He got out of his car and he offered me a drink. He stood there and he said, you better take a drink. Oh, there's the royal coachman, that roadhouse. And he said he was sorry. We'll stop here and use the phone. There's a Sam Crawford in Fallstown. He runs some tourist house and a funeral chapel. I'll call him from here. Yes. Oh, see all the lights. Why are all the lights on? It's a roadhouse, Elsa. So many people going in. Why are they laughing? Well, they, they don't know how we feel, Elsa. They don't know about us. Is it all right to leave you here for a moment? I, I, I want to call. There he is. Would you like me to... Elsa. That's him. He killed us. Who? That's him. Who? The one, the one who hit Stevie? Where? There he is. Where? That one? man standing in the doorway? How do you know? Can you see his face? He came over and he stood close and he said, you better take a drink. He was big and fat and his body filled the frame of the door. He ran a pudgy hand across his face. Now, he was drunk all right and he was trying to shake himself out of it. Well, he'd never drink again. He'd never drive again. Not after I got through with him. Elsa, sit back. Now, don't let anyone see you. He killed us. Yes, I know, I know. Now, wait here, Elsa. Wait here. Don't get out of the car. I watched him go inside. He walked across the lobby and disappeared in the bar. I went in after him. He 
was sitting there, his elbows on the bar and his head between his hands. I sat where I could watch him and still not be too close. Yeah, with soda. Before the bartender hardly let go, he had it down. And then his watery, bloodshot eyes looked about the room. His eyes caught mine. Bartender. He called to the bartender and then whispered something in his ear, looking at me, then pointing. The bartender walked over. What'll it be, Mac? Huh? Oh, uh, oh, nothing. Uh, really, I, I, I don't care for anything. Oh, it's on this gentleman. Have a drink, fella. It's on me. No, thanks. Can't drink alone, never could. Come on, now, have a drink. What'll it be? Can't insult a man, you gotta have a drink with him. Come on. Better take a drink with him, fella. Well, soda, just plain soda, but I'll pay for it myself. Just plain soda? Please, here's the money. What do you think you're doing? He don't want your money. Ain't that right? Your money's no good here. He kept breathing in my face and talking and ordering more drinks. And I kept thinking of Elsa in the car. The way her eyes changed when she saw him. The thing in her eyes when she looked at him. That fat man breathing down my neck and guzzling like nothing happened. I'll have it again the same way. Come on, fella. Drink up. Come on, you can't drink that stuff without something in it. Drink it. Hey, hey give him something in that uh, soda. I don't want anything. He I... don't want anything. He don't want anything. No, I... I'll have it again the same way. Coming up. He kept looking at me, breathing at me. He had the face of such an ordinary man, only very beefy. Such an ordinary man. How could he do what he did and then run away? I wondered who he was, what kind of work he did. Did he have a family? Did he have a son of his own? Was he having all those drinks to try to forget? Well, I couldn't let him forget. How long was he going to sit there? A couple of more drinks and he finally got up. He threw a bill on the bar and started to go. Hey, you changed. Never mind the change. He waved a pudgy hand. Big shot, big tipper. Very generous, nice guy. Even offered Elsa a drink after he killed our boy. I followed him into the lobby. He went to the desk. 257. Good night, sir. All right. He started for the elevator. I hurried to the stairway. I, I, I ran up to the second floor. I waited off the stairway landing and watched the elevator door Good open. Night, wait a minute. Not so fast. Please. I said wait a minute. Don't shut that door. Not so fast. There's someone else ringing. I want to ask you a question. I have to go. People ringing. Can I ask you a question? Please step away from the door. You're blocking. Answer my question. Get away from the door, then I'll tell you. Sure. Now answer me. When are you going Smart, Alec. Think she's smart. He started down the hall, coming towards me. I stepped back into the stairway took a cigarette out of my packet, started to light it. He walked past, then he stopped. Oh, hi. I didn't want to talk to him, just wanted to do it and get it over with. I started toward him. We were alone. And then somebody was coming down the stairs. You wouldn't mind coming along. I don't like it. Even the service is lousy in the place. One elevator and you can die. How's how's about a light? Well, before I could answer him, his fat pudgy hand closed over mine and drew the lighted match to the cigarette in his mouth. He puffed loosely. His hand was damp and warm. I, I drew back. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you around. 
I counted the doors as he passed on down the hall. One. Two. Three. The fifth door down. That was his room. I walked slowly down. I stood in front of his door. So now, it would happen. Who is it? Who is it? Oh, who is it? Oh. What do you want? What do you want? I, I, uh, I want to ask you something. May I... Oh, sure, sure. Come in, come in. He waddled over to the bed and sat down. Hey, you sit down. His watery, bloodshot eyes blinking at me. I didn't know how to begin or what to do. The blind rage was gone. Something happened to me. Now, suddenly, I, I didn't know what I was doing there. What do you want? I walked over to the window, fumbling for some foolish excuse. It, it was no use. I couldn't kill anybody. I couldn't do it. I asked you, what do you want? I looked out of the window. The light from the neon sign on the roof made everything look so lonely and dead. What's the matter with you? And there was my car in the driveway and Elsa sitting there. Her face, the thin outline of her face, so gray, her, her mouth pressed tight in a straight, hard line. What do you want from me? She was holding my son, holding him tight, pressed close to her, holding him. My son. What do you want? Why did you kill my son? Huh? You drunken fool, why did you kill my son? You're crazy. You're crazy. Bloodshot eyes bulging from his head, frightened and guilty. He reached for the phone and then I was on him. Why did you kill him? You killed him. You killed him. You killed him. You. You killed him. You killed him. Operator. You killed him. Operator. 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 It was done. All done and over with. And now I felt better. Now it would be easier. There'd be a little less pain when they buried my son. You all right? He's dead. I made sure of that. Now, let's get out of here. The twisted black top road unwound steadily under the headlights. But something had changed. It, it was no longer a road. It was a cloudy, misty jungle where everyone was old and haggard. And there were no children. And then we brought our boy into Falls Town. don't mind a suggestion, Mr. Kane. You look pretty done in. And when we carried the boy out of the car, I had a look at your wife. Yes, I know. Uh, good thing you didn't stop at the Royal Coachman. Where? The Royal Coachman. That's a roadhouse. Halfway between here and my uncle's gas station. You didn't see it? Uh, no. Well, it's all lit up with neon, like a regular Christmas tree. Troopers just phoned. There's a job for me. Somebody choked somebody to death. Lots of excitement. Oh, well, uh, who, who did it? Oh, they'll find him. 
She looks bad, your wife. We ought to get her right to bed. Yes. Elsa? Now I have no son. Well, this is Sam Crawford, Elsa. He's going to take care of Stevie. And we're going to sleep in his house tonight. I think we need some sleep, don't you? That's him. What do you mean? That's him. He did it. He did what? He killed my son. Elsa. I'm Sammy Crawford, ma'am. I run the local... He killed us. He killed us. Elsa. Elsa. Look at me. Are you all right, Elsa? I don't think she knows what she's saying. He came over. He stood there with a bottle. He said he was sorry. Elsa. Elsa, this is Sammy Crawford. He wasn't there. He was here, miles away. He killed us. I'll get Doc Sadler. What's the matter with you, Elsa? I know he didn't do it. He couldn't have. I was talking to him on the telephone when it happened from the gas station. Elsa, we know who did do it. We know. And he's dead. He said he was sorry. He said he was sorry. Elsa. Yes. Look across the street. Elsa, do you hear me? Look across the street. Yes. Do you see that man walking toward the street light? Can, can you see him? Answer me. Yes. Well, just look at him, Elsa. That's all. There. Now, now, he, now he's under the light. Well... That's him. No. That's him. No. That's him. He did it. Elsa. He did it. Elsa, that's a minister. He did it. You know it wasn't that's a minister. Him. You saw, and that's it wasn't him. Sam Crawford. He was talking to me that's on the him. telephone. That's him. No. That's him. No, Elsa. That's no. Him. No. That's no. Him. No. That's no. Him. No. 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 Ben. No. Ben. No. Ben, darling. Uh, uh, ben. Huh? What? What? Oh. oh. Hi, Dad. Oh. Hi. Hello, Stevie. Hi. Darling, what on earth? You were dreaming something, moaning and great racking. I, uh, it was a nightmare. Oh, Elsa, it was. It was. You dream you lost your job? Yes. Yes, that was it. How did you know? Because I know everything. Come on now. Up, out of bed. We've got a big day. Fourth of July comes but once a year. Garage doors open, Stevie? Boy, will we burn up the road. Stevie, wow. stop that talk. Why, darling. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, instead of going up by Falls Town and up there, we'll cut across just before Kingston and, and find our fishing over around Litchfield, huh? I feel like Connecticut today. Okay, Dad. I gotta go for what did you dream about, darling? It was so awful. Me? <laughs> well, since you have to know, I had a horrible, jealous dream. I dreamt you didn't love me. Oh, oh dear. Oh, that was the wildest dream imaginable. Now, wasn't that a waste of time? If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y. And Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. 
If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.